the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I wonder how many times God desires to do something that is just completely outrageous in your life and in my life. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Today we're going to be looking in John chapter 11. I entitled this message, Being Faithful. Could you imagine if you had a subtitle before your name? Something like Faithful Joey or Prayerful Julie or Humble Cheyenne or Steadfast Lisa <laughs> or maybe Humpty Dumpty. Oh, wait a second. That doesn't work in there. But you get the point. This subtitle would explain who you really are or what you're really known for, to those around you. Yes, it's like uh, in the movie Dances with Wolves, the one woman was named Stands with a Fist. That was named after her because why? She got up and knocked another woman on the ground for teasing her. Okay, so from that day on, nobody else teased her. Yeah, I guess not. That's why some people are given certain nicknames, for they better describe that person than their real name. Well, that's what we're going to look at here today as you're listening here on the radio. You know, we're nicknaming uh, a guy named Thomas in the Bible, and we're going to nickname him Faithful Thomas. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, who in the heck is that? The only Thomas I know in the Bible is Doubting Thomas. Well, this might come as a surprise or even a shock to you. But this Thomas that we're looking at today is the same guy. For he wasn't so much of a doubter as he was a skeptic. He had questions. So his name Thomas in the Greek means twin. Now, some have questioned and even speculated on just who his twin was. But we're simply not told. Yet, in spite of that, I believe Thomas had a twin personality. Why do I say that? Well, at times, he was a man of great, incredible faith. While at other times, he was a skeptic filled with questions and, well, possibly even doubt. Yet, is Thomas any different than you or me? For there are many times that we lack wisdom or we find ourselves filled with great doubt. So why would Thomas have to suffer or be scrutinized in a negative manner for doing something that each and every one of us have done ourselves? Maybe it's because all of his failures are clearly seen in the Bible. All I can say is this. It's a good thing that not all of my failures are printed in a book for all to read. If they were, that would be a pretty big book if it was about me. But who knows what I would be tagged as? Doctor failed again? But let's think happy thoughts. 
But getting back to Thomas, let's look at his life from what's been recorded for us in the Bible. There are two thoughts that arise, and that is faith and doubt. But just what exactly is the difference between faith and doubt? One described it this way, quote, A man of doubt sees difficulty in every opportunity, opposed to a man of faith who sees an opportunity in every difficulty, end quote. I guess that describes the differences between the optimist and the pessimist. Yes, faith sees the best in spite of any circumstances, while doubt only sees the worst. Faith finds a positive in every negative, while doubt can only see the negative in the positive. Let me give you some examples of great faith. If you ever find yourself falling off a cliff by great faith, you could just look forward to heaven. Hey, I'm coming home. (laughs) When you girls get dumped by a guy... By faith, you could just believe that God's going to provide uh, the rock's twin for you instead. Okay, hey, that's great faith. If you hit a small animal on the road, by faith, you could hope it's a cat and not a dog. Okay, just kidding. Just seeing if you're awake there. Yet, at the same time, if you're a person who's always filled with doubt, then when doubt is your opinion, and when others doubt your opinion, you're the first to agree with them. If you're always filled with doubt, you think Porky Pig could share about the faith in Christ that you have better than you could. If you're always filled with doubt, you never try to make new friends. Why? Because they wouldn't like you anyway. See, on a serious note, though, Thomas was just like us. He was a man of like passions. So what can we learn today from this man that was, you could say, twin-minded? This man who at times was a skeptic, you know, who was also doubting at times? Well, today we're going to consider a thought here. We're going to look at a couple of thoughts based on how Thomas reacted to circumstances. So first, let us look how he reacted to circumstances emotionally. So we're going to have to take a little bit of a background information run here just for a minute. Now, Jesus' public ministry was quickly coming to an end. And twice in John chapter 10, the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus. But he was able to elude their grasp. He escaped all their traps because it wasn't yet his time, meaning it wasn't his time to be crucified yet. That's when an unexpected and urgent message came just for Jesus. Now, this man named Lazarus was his friend. It was Jesus' friend, and he was really sick. And the Bible even says that Jesus loved Lazarus. Yet, even though Jesus loved Lazarus and his family, Mary and Martha, his sisters, uh, we're told that Jesus did not drop everything and immediately go to his friend. In fact, he actually waited so long that when he finally arrived, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. And his sister Martha said, well, Lord, If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. In short, what she was really saying was, Jesus, you know, you really dropped the ball here. Why didn't you come? We sent for you. We know you got the message, but you didn't come. And now, well, it's just simply too late. I wonder if there's anyone listening on the radio right now that you have felt the very same way. Lord, help me. 
I'm at the end of my rope. There's no more time for me, and there's no way out of my situation. Understand, Martha was looking for a healing. Yet Jesus was insisting on something a little bit greater than that, something that nobody else expected. Jesus was insisting on a resurrection. And he would literally raise Lazarus from the dead, a man who had been dead and buried for four days. This was absolutely mind-boggling, to say the least. Imagine your loved one passes away on Sunday. You have the funeral on Monday. Then on Friday, Jesus rolls into town and raises him from the dead. I wonder how many times God desires to do something that is just completely outrageous in your life and in my life. Working some kind of miracle in us, moving in in our heart and changing our current circumstances. Yet right when he starts to unfold his miraculous plan in our life, we mess it all up. How? Well, we intervene. We take charge of the situation, like having an unexpected emergency expense come up, and we take out a loan. Or we borrow the money from a family member or a friend. Or we pull out the credit card instead of first seeking the Lord and seeking His wisdom. Instead of seeking His provision, we seek another provision through some other way. Yes, we mess it up. Know this, no matter how bleak our outlook may appear. No matter how dismal our circumstances have turned, no matter how horrible our plight might be, it is never, ever over for us as Christians. No matter how big of a mess that we might have made, we must be patient. We, many times, you know, see our circumstances of today. And so many times our circumstances were caused by, well, possibly several months or years of bad decision-making and wrong choices by us. Some of the things that we go through, it's our fault because of bad decisions and choices over the last few years. And that's what's caused our present turmoil. Yes, we don't always come out of bad situations overnight. God doesn't always bail us out instantly. Now, why? Why doesn't God bail us out? Why does he not bail us out of a situation that maybe took us years to get involved with? Because God desires for us to learn from the trial that we're in. Why? So that we don't turn back and do the same mistake, same bad choice over and over again. I see this all the time in two major areas. I see it in finances, and I see it in relationships. People will get into some crazy credit card debt. I mean, they will be upside down in their finances. And then if they get bailed out too quickly, a family member comes in and, you know, cuts them a check, gives them some cash, whatever. Many times that person who got into bad finances, they will get right back into debt again. Why? Because they never learned how to budget their money in the first place. They never learned the lesson of don't spend more money than you make, while also never embracing God's standard, our financial stewardship would begin, which begins with tithing of the first fruits of our income. 
You know, God told us in Malachi to give 10% of our income. How many true Christians really actually give 10% of their income to the church? You know, and God says this in Malachi 3.8. He says, will a man or a woman rob God? He says, but you're robbing me. But the people said, how are we robbing you? And he said, in your tithes and your offerings. Remember, the word tithe means 10%. That's what the word means. It means a tenth, okay? He says, you are cursed with a curse. Why? Because you are robbing me. The whole nation of you, God says, bring the whole tithe, means bring the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse. That's where you're being fed uh, and being ministered to in your heart. So that there may be food in my house, God says, and Then he goes on to say, and test me now in this. God never says test me except for here. Only place in the Bible God says test me. He says, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you that will overflow. And then he goes on in the next verse and says, and then I will rebuke the devourer in your life, says the Lord of hosts. Gee, what's that worth? God's going to always meet your needs and rebuke the devil. Wow. Listen, why do we say the hard things here at Core Truth Radio? Because at Core Church Los Angeles, we speak the truth of God's Word. Because God's Word, let's face it, it's not always what you want to hear. Like what I just said. Well, if you're not tithing, you don't want to hear that. Oh, you're bringing guilt upon me. Listen, if you don't want to give to the Lord, don't. But all I'm saying is, if you do that, then because you give little to the Lord, little will be given back to you. So I'm just teaching the truth. But again, we teach the truth of God's Word. Again, not because you always want to hear it, but it's because you need to hear it. Am I saying this today so that some of you on the radio will give more money and help support our radio ministry? No, not if you don't want to. I mean, if you're getting ministered to by this radio program and you'd like to help us pay for our airtime, that would be great. But if you don't want to, then don't. It's like, this is no high-pressure sales tactic here. It's not like, hey, what's in your wallet? No, I don't care. The only reason I teach things like this is because I want the children of God, the people of God, to know that when you honor God and His Word and you do what you think you can't do, because many people will say, well, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. And my response is, you can't afford not to tithe. Let me take my pastor hat off here for a second. Going back to me as a brand new believer when me and my wife got married. Listen, this is over 40 years ago. That's a long time ago. I'm still in good shape. Just want to point that out. But anyway, it's like 40 plus years ago when me and my wife got married, one of the first things that God laid on my heart was tithing. And I'm thinking, that's not going to happen because someone said it to me just like I'm saying it to you. And I said, well, that's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden I did what? It's like I started studying it out. Well, let me just go to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. I don't want to hear what some man has to say about it. I looked up everything on finances, money, tithing, everything in the Bible. And guess what? I came to the conclusion. I came to this. Wow, God wants us to give 10%. So I went to my wife, my new bride. I said, I think God wants us to do this. And my wife looked at me and said, if God says to do it, then we'll do it. I wasn't making anything. When I got married, I was making five bucks an hour. It's like, I mean, we, we could hardly make our rent. We could hardly do anything. But we started tithing that week. And what I'm trying to say here is, forget me being a pastor. Just as a Christian, I and my wife have tithed for 40 plus years And get this, we have never, ever not been able to pay a bill. I mean, who can say that? 
I have never not been able to pay a bill. And you have to understand, in our first 10 years of marriage, I had a bunch of bills I shouldn't have had because I was a poor steward of my finances. And even in bad stewardship, God always always met our needs. Always. Now, we might have been down to the last pinno bean, which we were multiple times. There was times we went through hardships where we, where we had to buy clothes for our kids at the thrift store. So we've had really hard times financially, but we never, ever not paid a bill. There was never a day we could never pay our rent on time. And so I'm just saying, God honors his word. And the second place that people don't seem to learn their lesson is in relationships. They want to find a godly relationship, right? Who doesn't want that? Yet they will get sexually active in that relationship. Oh, we've been at church. Oh, we got everything in common. And all of a sudden, one thing leads to another, and they get involved sexually. And then they wonder why God's blessing isn't in the relationship, because you're not doing it God's way. You know, as a pastor, people come to me multiple times and they say, we want to get married. We want to get married. Okay, that sounds nice. You know what I ask them the first thing? Let me ask you a question. Are you guys getting involved intimately? Are you sexually involved? It's like, and all of a sudden you can tell by the reaction, uh, 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 you know, it's like the only way that we will do your wedding is if you separate from your intimacy and you make a commitment to me and to, well, who cares about me, but to the Lord and to me in the church, and you commit to not touching each other sexually. That's the only way that we'll marry you. You know, why does that matter? Know this. When we are learning, uh, willing to learn obedience from the Lord, then I can assure you of this. Then we can put our whole entire heart, mind, and trust and our spirit into his hands. See, God wants to bless every relationship. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your children. But he also desires us to walk in obedience. And if we don't walk in obedience, then God's hand of blessing is not going to be upon us. It's just the way it is. See, somehow, some way, when you do it God's way, even though it looks like it's going to cost you more and what have you, God will always deliver you from the pit and where some might be falling into right now. Listen, one thing about if you look at your life right now and you feel like you're digging yourself into a hole, well, let me just say this. Stop digging. You know, but getting back here to Thomas, when Jesus made the decision to go to Lazarus, that would mean having to go back to Bethany, right outside of Jerusalem. That was right in the epicenter of the hornet's nest of where Jesus just escaped from. The religious leaders wanted Jesus dead. Jesus had an unspoken death warrant on his head like a contract out for his life. So with that as a backdrop, let's see what faithful Thomas had to say to the other disciples who were scared and didn't want to return to Bethany where this man Lazarus was, who Jesus said was already dead. Because the disciples were probably thinking, well, let the dead bury the dead. If we go back there, we could be dead ourselves also. But again, let's consider what Thomas said emotionally. John eleven sixteen says this, Therefore Thomas, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go so that we may die with Jesus. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been dead, that's Lazarus, in the tomb for four days. So here's the point. 
Notice how faithful Thomas steps up in what could have been a storm of protest from the other disciples. I'm sure they all saw the faces of the angry mob in Jerusalem from the chapter before, the stones that were in their hands ready to stone Jesus. Where was Mr. Walk-on-the-Water Peter right now when they were talking about going back to Bethany? Or the Sons of Thunder, James and John, where were they at? Nope, there was nothing, nothing but silence from the other disciples. Yet it was Thomas that stepped up to the plate and with total faith from the sole of his heart, he said, let us go back with Jesus. If Jesus goes there, we're going to go with him. And if we die, then we die. At this point in Thomas's mind, if they go back into the vicinity of Jerusalem, the religious leaders would kill them. Remember, traveling with Jesus was not a covert operation. There was no, well, let's get in and get out unnoticed. You know, word was going to spread fast. Jesus was back in town. Yes, God used this young man of faith to encourage the other disciples, and they were able to witness one of the most incredible miracles that Jesus ever performed. Lazarus, a man, who had been dead and buried for four days, he was risen again from the dead. Martha even said to Jesus, don't roll the stone away from his grave. It says in the King James, she said, he probably stinketh by now. Yeah, I'm sure he would have. Yes, Thomas reacted from his heart and God used him. I wonder how you react. Do you move in faith? in the situations in your life? Do you stand on God's truth? Or do you allow circumstances or people around you to dictate what your decision will be on whatever situation that you're facing? Listen, as we end this program today, it's like, look, we're faced with a lot of hardships and problems in our world today. COVID is just going on forever. Okay, we got this variant. Trust me, after this variant, the Delta variant, it's going to be another variant. Then it's already, they're already talking about another one. It's not going to end. It's going to be lockdowns and this and that and vaccines and shots and, you know, booster shots and this. It's going to be, it's just going to get worse. We've got this whole nightmare going on in Afghanistan. We've got all kinds of problems that we're facing. Inflation is through the roof. Crime is skyrocketing. But let me ask you, how are you doing? Jesus said that in the times in the end, it's going to be horrible. There's going to be difficult times. It's going to be horrible. But yet those who come to me, they can live in peace in the midst of the storm. Let me ask you, do you have any peace in the midst of the storm right now? I mean, where are you at with God? Let me just lay it on the line. I mean, are you walking with the Lord? I mean, are you with him? Or is there some uncharted sins in your life that are causing havoc with you and your relationship with God? Well, I want to give you an opportunity to repent. But guess what? You have to be the one that repents. Your mother can't repent for you. Your best friend can't repent for you. Your spouse can't repent. But if you're not sure you're walking right with the Lord, look, we're living in tough times. Get right with God today. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and burdened down, and I'll give you rest. Do you need rest? Then come to Christ. Maybe you're a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. It's time to get right with the Lord and allow him to refresh your soul. If that's you, then you pray this prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, 
God will hear you and he will forgive you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me and that you were buried, but I believe you rose again. Lord, I don't know what's happening in the world today and I'm scared, but I want you. I need you in my life. Would you come inside of me? Would you cleanse me of all my sin? Would you make me a new person? Be my Lord, my God, my Savior, and my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I have some materials that I'd like to send you that will help you and encourage you in your walking relationship with Christ. But I need you to email me your name and address to Bible at corechurchla.com. That's Bible at corechurchla.com. And that will help us help you have a Bible and some materials to help you grow. So uh, I encourage you in this new relationship with Christ and may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.